This After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Wendy Presser at Magical Journeys Travel is proud to be a sponsor of the After Dark Podcast Network. Whether you've been to Disney one or a hundred times, there's still lots of planning involved. Let Wendy be the one up at midnight when your window opens to get that Be Our Guest reservation or that covers with Anna and Elsa Fast Pass for your own princess. Mention that you heard this ad on one of our podcasts and get $25 off your deposit with any trip package. Be sure to ask about her generous onboard credits for Disney Cruise Lines as well. Find her on Twitter at WPMagicJourneys or WPMagicJourneys.com. Hello and welcome to Pop After Dark, the, uh, what is it, monthly, bi-monthly, I don't know how often we do these, but... Um... Once a month, man, once a month. Yeah? Okay. It feels longer than that sometimes. Um, anyway, I'm Nick and joined, as always, by Mr. Craig Lucas. How are you doing, sir? We bien sûr, je à Liverpool, un, deux, trois, quatre, cinq, six. Encore un fois. Je m'appelle à le taxi. Oh man, you know what? I had such a crush on. Oh, I forgot a name. What's the bloody name? Um. Oh. Pierre Manuel. So Pierre Manuel. She was married to. Oh no, she wasn't married to Depp, was she? She was. Um. She went out of him for a long time. Oh God, what's her name? Oh, she had, um, she, uh, it wasn't Joe Taxi that I liked, because that was... Who a, sung Joe Taxi? Vanessa Paradis. Um, so what that was... Shanghai Taxi 2010, Joel Fletcher remix, is by Ricky Stone. Oh, okay. Shanghai Taxi? That? No, not Shanghai Taxi. Joe you know Ta- No, and I don't care tonight either. But it was Vanessa Paradis, and in... Shanghai Taxi. Oh, I want a taxi. It's being all Shanghai. That sounds shite. Um, well, it doesn't. It just sounds proper generic. But no, it was. I think it was '92, and she released a song called "Be My Baby," and I was in love. Oh, that video! She just looked so stunning. I think she must have been about like sixteen 10. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. It was. That was. That was the time I got my first crushes. So that, that year. So we had Vanessa Paradis singing that and this amazing video, and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. They were the first crushes I had. What are you drinking? That's a good point. Hang on a second. I've been sat here. We've we did, we did some pre-talking before we set we pressed record. And I've been sat here with my drink the whole time, ready to go. And mine is a 
can. Patchy Max. No, it's a can of Bud Light. Oh, Bud Light. It touches the spot, or the spots can't touch. Uh, um, I've just had quite a, a strange conversation with Walt Disney World mm. uh, for, for about 40 minutes, which I can go into if you want, because we've got nothing else to talk about. So I'm really trying to stay off the drink at the moment, but I feel the need <laughs> the need for speed, so I'm having... Please let some speed. A wee in a glass. Now I'm having an old Putney single malt. Nice. 12-year-old whiskey from not, Wick. I'm not a big fan of whiskey, I'll, I'll be honest. And a couple of... Um, well, actually, I think it was my first Father's Day, so about three... Yeah, probably about three years ago now. It uh, was my first <sighs> one as a dad. And um, my wife... And the Your wife! Uh, ...bought me a bottle of um, Hay Club, which is okay. this whiskey brand that's part-owned by David Beckham and I think Simon Fuller. I think he's involved as well. Comes in a really nice blue square bottle. Um, Really pretty it is. It's it's pretty pricey as well for what it is. I think it was about um, 30 quid or 40 quid for a bottle. Is that Um, a single malt or a blended? I think it's blended. That's that's quite an expensive one then for the blended. Mm. But it might be. I'll, I'll have a look. But I, to be honest, it just it just burned. I was not well, a did, fan of it at all. Did you not put oh, a splash single, of water in? Single single grain whiskey. Oh, single malt. Well, that's yeah. like an average price then, yeah. So um, I I well, first of all, I bought some whiskey stones. What is a whiskey stone? Whiskey stones. So they're they're cubes. I think they're they're made out of obviously some kind of stone. But the idea being is that you have them instead of ice cubes, so they don't dilute your drinks. What you do is you put these stones in the freezer, they get really cold and they uh, keep their their coldness for a long time. And you put those in your alcoholic beverage of choice, um, and so it doesn't dilute the drink, because obviously ice melts and then dilutes your drink. So, you know, whiskey is supposed to be a drink you drink with either like a little touch of water or completely plain. Um, yeah. Hence the whiskey stones. But um, I, yeah, I found it a bit much. I used to drink when I was a scally. Uh, when I first started when seeing. When I used to be a scally. When I first started seeing my wife, who was my bird at the time, and um, I used to think I was a whiskey drinker because I used to drink bells. <laughs> and I used to end. drink it occasionally by the bottle when we'd go round to friends' house for a meal or whatever, we'd have a bottle of Bells between us. And I used to drink it with pure orange juice. Oh, God. And it takes all the edge away from the whiskey. And it it just gets you where you want to go very, very quickly. (laughs) And it cleans your pipes out the next day. Does it really? Yes. Hmm. So it's one to try if you want. Well, you, can, you, have, um, you can have vodka and orange, can't you? But no one has whiskey and orange. No, actually, like, yeah. I mean, that's that's the wife's tipple of choice, orange and vodka. She gets absolutely paralytic on it. I mean, she's never... I don't think I've seen her drink one in about four or five years because of how bad she gets on it. She just drinks it like it's orange juice and so it gets drunk really, really quickly. Um, but, um, yeah, I... I, I I don't think I don't think I could be doing 
to me, just orange and alcohol doesn't mix. Unless What's it's contro. Yeah, right, well, we're going somewhere now. What's the worst you have ever been drink-wise? Um, mine was actually probably my second, second. Or third, my second or third time I was drunk. So the first time I ever had... I'd ever been drinking properly was at a friend's 21st birthday and I was 15 and I was drinking vodka red bull it was 1999 so I was drinking vodka red bull that was the drink everyone was going for at the time and I'd only had like two or three of them but I'd never really drunk before so um, I remember going home and waking up about four or five o'clock in the morning and there was a, a song a really famous dance song on the radio at the time called um, big love and it's quite thumpy and i used to go to sleep listening to my radio walkman so i woke up about four or five in the morning that song was playing and the room was just spinning while i was like staring up at the ceiling and at what the... time had you got got to bed oh 10 11 so a good six hours later the mm. room's still spinning it, but that was the thing it hadn't i didn't have that feeling before I woke up like it. I didn't go to bed like it. That was the weird thing. I felt a bit funny, but I didn't... It was when I woke up that the room was spinning. Um, uh, so that was the first time. And I remember I remember going to school the next day and I had like a mock French exam or something. And uh, yeah, that didn't go very well. Yeah. yeah. Pete Heller's Big Love. Yeah, 2001 that boom, was. Boom, 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 boom. And that was your dad. No, 19, 19... I think it came out originally in 98 or 99. But yeah, I can see your head now. Oh. Yeah. Come on, let that spew out, me. Stop the spew out, son. Stop the team. Well, when I was a scally, we used to go to the local off-license mm. and we could buy a litre bottle of lager for 99p. <laughs> And a litre bottle of cider for 99p. It was, it was called something like White Lightning white or lightning, Blue yeah. Lightning or something was, like that. Was, you got White Lightning, White Diamond. It might have been White Diamond. That sounds great. Oh, no, different. sorry. Diamond, Diamond White. Sorry, Diamond White. Okay, yeah. Diamond, maybe Diamond White. Yeah. And so, therefore, you would have two litres of snake bite for £1.98. Mm-hmm. And you would literally, we would all have that each. So to be a gang of us with gallons of snake bite, so we could get pretty, pretty messed up with that. And I can remember spewing my ring in the bin, <laughs> and we, you know, just and then just getting back into bed like you do. But the worst of being in the modern era, as a grown man, as an adult, as someone who should know better, was uh, three years ago in Stuart's house. So, on the day, it was like the perfect storm. Eva just sat an entrance exam for a posh school that she ultimately didn't get into. Um, She didn't make the cut on their exams. But on the day she had that exam, she'd got into the school she wanted to get into on a music scholarship. Liverpool were playing uh, at home against West Brom. Kerry and Grace were out watching Wicked on the Empire, so me and Eve had gone over to Stuart's house, who has been on 
podcasts in the past and watched Wishes with me last week on Wishes. Disaster Dark. Wishes! And in a three-hour period, whilst watching Liverpool on the TV, his daughter fed me, and it was his daughter, I hold her fully responsible, <laughs> you, Rebecca Miller. She's 16 in a couple of weeks. Um, I was the first person to hold her. She pooed in my hand. That bit, You know that black poo they do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had that in my hand. So, she was the first baby I'd ever held, but she brought me 13 cans of Stella, one after another. They were all ice cold. They all slid down beautifully. And as one can finished, the next can was brought out. I didn't have to get up out of my chair. 13 cans of Stella in three hours. And he opened a bottle of Amaretto. Is it? It tastes like wedding cake. Yeah. Tastes like marzipan. Yeah. yeah love, love Amaretto, yeah. Yeah, because he said, taste this, it tastes fucking horrible. So I was like, that, oh, yeah, I guess I go with that, lad. I got fucking blitzed. I blacked out. I was crawling around on my hands and knees. My wife phoned up with, what did we want from the chippy? I tore a strip off it. Uh, my, kids, my kids turned up. I'm literally spewing my ring up in the toilet. Uh, I'm outside in the back garden, asleep, in torrential rain, comes in with no socks on. I'd been asleep for half an hour in the rain, soaked through. Uh, I come home that night and slept on the couch. I thought my head had been split open. When I did have a way at four o'clock in the morning, it was like treacle coming out of me. It was one of them life-changing experiences. It, it gets worse. It does get worse. I mean, so the first time I was actually that kind of drunk, was only a few months later, me and a friend I used to go to school with went to Tenerife with his mum and her boyfriend. Um, it was just a few weeks shy of our 16th birthday. And they were quite happy to just let us do what we wanted to do. So it was like, we'd go down there breakfast with him in the morning. We both had our own rooms. And it's like, right, off you go now, boys. Do whatever you want to do. And oh, yeah. in Tenerife, at, at, um, I, mean, I don't know what it's like now. I've not been back since. But um, there was no drinking well, no, sorry. I think the drinking age was like 13 or something stupid. Oh, it my was, goodness. It was young. It might have been even 12. So we could go into like supermarkets, we'd go into any shops and buy alcohol. So the first day we got there, we bought a bottle of peach snaps. And then nice. when we was walking through like the town, you'd go into a shop and like a can of Coke would be like 80p or a bottle of Budweiser would be 50p. And it's like, well, we're saving money. But it is. And there was one day, there was... Um, in the resort um, bar, no, there was there was a there's a strip on Tenerife. It was in Las Americas, and there was an English bar, and they had a band that played there every night that used to do like pop charty music, um, and we got really friendly with them. And they were like, oh, um, we're going to another bar now to do another performance. Want to come with us? So we went out with them, and of course, because they're performing, they got their drinks thrown in. So they just got like fish bowls of cocktails. Oh, so it's like rub a straw and drink and like we were like oh yeah that's cool because like we're, we're young dumb so um we were just drinking 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 anyway um at one point in the night all i can remember is i stopped drinking i fell asleep um i puked on myself i got uh, my mate was trying to drag me home he laid sat me down with some rocks i said i need to sit down for a little bit I fell on the rocks and cut my head, and um, him and this German guy, 
then carried me all the way back to the hotel. And the I next day, <laughs> no, <laughs> thankfully. And um, but the next day we went to the bar, obviously a little bit worse aware, so I was a bit more comprehensive in my drinking. And they nicknamed me very tasteless joke. This they nicknamed me Jill Dando because two shots and I was down. Oh, dear. <laughs> did that stick all holiday it then? Stuck for the, the next four or five days of the holiday. Yeah, it was nice. pretty bad. But and that was it. And I've I've never. Actually, no. You know what? I and I, I know this is this is egotistical of me. I'm gonna tell you one other story just because this was including my best man speech at my wedding. This story. So this this story about being drunk was told to friend, close friends and family. On my 21st birthday, I went out with my friends. Um, they got me very very drunk. Um, they when we left the club, they asked me to spear. Um, the, the pub sign outside. So it was one of these springy able. Do you know the stuff they, they sometimes stick out of pubs and clubs? So yeah. the what's going on. So it's one of these ones that was on a spring, right? And so to, when someone says to spear something, it's a resting term, it's where you run at it and basically shoulder charge it. A bit like rugby. Yeah. So they damn me to do that. So I took this massive run up, speared it down, everyone cheered. I stood up and of course, what happens when something's on a spring? comes back and hits you so then it come back and hit me then in your head in my head yeah then they said to me they asked me to run into this phone box the door's been left open just run into the phone box it wasn't it was uh the wall of the phone box it was like a, like a windowed wall, uh, phone box obviously so i ran into that and cut my lip open then they would try <laughs> they found a burger on the floor took it back into the burger shop. Oh, God. <laughs> asked for a new bun and were trying to feed me this burger. And they were also trying to get me to drink this bottle of WKD Blue. Now, for those that don't know, WKD Blue is like a alco pop, they call it, drink in England, which comes in a blue bottle. So you can't see the bottle. You just It's all like painted blue. Did you come in a blue bottle that night? No. They kept trying to get me to drink it. No. And I wasn't I wasn't drinking it. And they said, like, I'll oh, just, just have a drink. You must be really thirsty. I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. And they said, Triple H it. So this is another wrestling turn. Triple H was a re- is a wrestler who goes to the ring, takes a swig out of a bottle of water. Smashes uh, it over his head. No, no. He, he takes a swig, folds his arms out, and then spits it straight up in the air like a cloud of water. Yeah. It kind of rains down on him. So they told me to do that, this bottle of, of WKD Blue. So I did it. As I did it, I realised it was too warm to be WKD Blue, and it was my friend's piss. Oh, so you drank your friend's piss? I kind of... It was in my mouth. I didn't oh, drink it because I spat it, but I spat it all over me. That was That's the basically giving, giving them a blowjob, that. Because his piss has touched his knob. That is... At... Well, kind of, I suppose, yeah, when you put it like that. Um, but either way... You know, I can look back at it with with fun fun memories. But um, yeah, that after that after that twenty first, I've been drunk quite a few times, but not to that kind of excess. Thankfully, I don't think I can manage it now. No, really. Well, we were in. Uh, I'm name checking here. We were in Lee Baines's house. Now, oh, Lee Baines Bainsy. was like Bainesy. He's he's works in Blackpool now. He's really? a car salesman, yeah. He used to work in B&Q. He got me into B&Q. So, right, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here. So you'd literally be in your B&Q hat with your B&Q 
uh, penny on wearing your over your B&Q shirt with your B&Q name badge on, stacking B&Q stuff onto the B&Q shelves. And some cretin would walk up to you and go, hey, mate, do you work here? And I'd go, no. <laughs> and he'd go, all right, sorry, and walk off. But anyway, he got me into B&Q. Him and Kev White, right? Whitey. Whitey, yeah. He's got boss teeth. You should see his teeth. They are white. (laughs) Right, so we had, like, do you one of them summers where it's a crazy summer, six weeks, and we're in Bainesy's house. His ma's on holiday for, like, two weeks. We're in Bainesy's house every night. And this one night, I'm that drunk. We used to put pepper up each other's noses and toothpaste on each other's eyelids and all that type of stuff. I've blacked out on the bed, right? And I'm wearing shorts. So they shave my leg, right? <laughs> Just one leg. But on my leg, they drew a great big cock and balls. Oh, right? yeah. But the piece of art and the ingeniousness of it was they didn't shave where the balls were. Oh. So all my leg was shaven with a great big cock on it. And then at the bottom was a hairy set of bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> it was genius. Oh, you don't, people just don't do that nowadays. Well, I don't do think that. they do. No. And if anyone does want to do that, we will share these photos on our Twitter feed. Oh, absolutely, that shadow. Hang on, one, one second. I've got a, the dog's whining at the door. Hang on. Just, just carry on, show about me. So, this one day... Um, Jesus bought a forklift truck and he ate a Mars bar and he took him down to Lee Mallaby's house and Lee Mallaby was eating a Muller light yoghurt and uh, a spoonful of cottage cheese so what do you think about that? Cottage cheese I, I don't even know where to begin with that yeah you can have that story. You've just missed the boss story about Jesus. Jesus or Jesus? Je- Jesus and Lee Malaby. <laughs> Never have they been said in the same sentence again, before or again. Did you see that picture I put out on Facebook and Twitter of Lee Malaby's dome? I well, I had to I had to put my sunglasses on to look at it because the glare of it was quite remarkable. Was I the, think he uh, needs some powers. Uh, I don't know where he was. Or he might have been, you know. I'm sure he was going there with his Judy, yeah? With our Tracy. Yeah, we like Tracy, just Lee. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, he did mention he was going there for some a dirty weekend. (laughs) Did you have a dirty weekend? Actually, don't answer that question. Let's not answer that question. Riding a big one. Oh, no, it's Blackpool. (laughs) That's Blackpool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You won't see me riding so, the big one, that's for sure. So what what did you go and see today for our American listeners? Is this film even splashed in America? You know what? What's quite interesting? So, a, a, a bit back. So, so, first of all, the film is called Mindhorn, right? So that's what the, the film's called. Now, it came out on the... I think it came out on the 5th of May or something. I think it came out on a bank holiday. But my local cinema wasn't showing it until this week. Um, and it's had a very limited release, but apparently it's going out on Netflix at the end of the month. 
but not in the UK. So our American listeners will be able to actually watch this film on Netflix in the next few weeks. Um, but the UK, I'm, I'm, it's a BBC co-production, so I'm guessing it probably will go to Amazon Prime or something because David Brent did. Netflix, uh, David Brent was on all Netflix regions except for the UK, and it was. Oh Amazon yeah, he was UK. on Amazon Prime. Yeah, that's right. So I reckon it could be the same. Um, but yeah, so so I went to see Mindhorn. I saw it in a screen. Now, when I was paying for my cinema tickets, I would refuse to go and see a film in the screen because it's so small. The film, I, the screen I saw it in, I counted it, had 48 seats. Right? And the screen itself was probably about uh, the equivalent to... 200 inches or something. No way. Yeah, I mean, it was... It's a, Because it's it's basically an intimate... It's almost yeah. like a screening room. That's how I like it to be. They call them studio rooms. Now, at the cinema I go to, I think it's the same price to see a film in there than it is to see on any other screen. But, you know, it just depends on where they stick the films. It's, you know, based on popularity. But to, for me... To go and see a film on a screen that size, I may as well just watch it at home. Do you know what I mean? Like I and don't, I don't see the point. How many people were in there with you? Two. There was a couple <laughs> behind me. That was it. Um, it was six forty on a Monday night. I knew it wasn't going to be very busy, um, so it was a good time to go. But um, yeah. Or maybe they've got that room for such films that they don't want to take up the space of a big 200-seater or three, whatever. Oh, no, no, absolutely. I, they serve their purpose. But for yeah. me, it's like, if I'm if you're charging me the same price to go and see a film on a screen that size as you are on a massive screen, I wouldn't, I'd go and see it, I'd go and see it another time. Or I'd wait until it was on a different size screen. Or I just wouldn't go. Um, when I went, wanted to go and see Kong, the 3D version of Kong was in that screen. And I was like, well, that's the same as me watching, almost watching it at home. So, sod that for a laugh. I'll just go and watch the 2D one on a big screen. Um, but anyway. So, so give the listeners, right, the Americans, um, a quick... Because I only seen the trailer today when you sent it. And the trailer blew me away. I was literally crying. Mm. Yeah, it does. I think it sells it really well. Um, so, it's, so, Mindhorn is a... It's the name Mindhorn is the name of a fictional TV detective from a TV show, a fake TV show in the 80s, which was about a um, like a, a police officer or a detective um, that had a bionic eye. Um, and it's the, the film itself, although it's called Mindhorn, is about the actor that plays him um, 25 years after the success of the TV show is a washed-up actor. Um, but a real crime happens on the island where the the program was filmed, and he's asked by the uh, the person apparently committing the crimes to like he'll be the only person that he'll liaise with. He won't talk to the police. He wants to speak to this fictional police detective. So they have to recruit him back to the island to play this character so that um, they can have some communication with the villain of the film. Um, and yeah, it's it's a British comedy, and what I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. It's it's very British in its humour, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out internationally because 
Is it Shaun of the Dead type humour? Yeah. Which was extreme, considering it's a zombie apocalypse, it was extremely British. Yes, yeah, I I, I think so. I mean, to me, it's a very British film. There's lots of, um, well, I mean, the whole cast pretty much is uh, is English, except for, um, did you, oh no, it wasn't you, another friend of mine said to me to watch The Babadook. Have you seen The Babadook? I've seen The Babadook. What's the baby do? It's cries a lot. <laughs> oh, so the Babadook is a is an Australian horror film, and the the mother in that film was in this, but I didn't recognise her because she's got different oh, hair. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it, I, I found it very entertaining, very funny, but it's very British in its in its humour. Well, so I don't know how it translates, but. Two films immediately spring to mind, right? The Three Amigos from the 80s. Yeah. And then, was it Space Galaxy or Galaxy, Galaxy Quest? Galaxy Quest. Yeah. So it's, the, it's, it's that kind of film where somebody who is playing a role is then having to kind of act out that role for real. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's it's very similar in vain to that, but it's a British version of that. One of the cleverest things about it is obviously the film, if you hadn't already guessed, starts in the 80s on the set of this show being filmed. And they um, then play the intro that plays in, um, you know, 4.3 complete square vision, um, but as if it was on an old VHS tape. Oh, so good. you've got all the kind of like the interference and the grain and um, you know the the errors that you'd get watching a, a well worn out VHS tape, it's replicated really well and it's it's just a really silly little touch, but one that makes it even you know makes it more believable because of it, you know it's just it's just very very well done. There's a few cameos in there from from quite famous British people as well, so I won't spoil those, but. Um, yeah, it's one of those films that I I think should get itself quite a cult audience. Um, but yeah, you know the thing is like that's the beauty of having that unlimited card that I've got because I would have probably seen that film anyway, but I may not have gone to the cinema to watch it if I was paying twelve or thirteen quid to see it. So but, in the words of Nick Branch, that being said, because you say that. I do I, say that quite a lot. You do say that. Absolutely. I, what score, what pop after dark score ah, are you going to give it? I would give it a 82. That is a high praise indeed. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I mean, it's. I think the thing is, because the other week we watched a film called Why Him, right? And Why Him is an American film that came out around Christmas time which stars uh, Heisenberg, I can't remember his name, oh, yeah. Brian Cranston, um, and James Franco. And it's a Brian film... Cranston basically plays Brian Cranston in, in all his films now, doesn't he? doesn't matter, because he's brilliant at playing Brian Cranston. Because he's Brian Cranston, yeah. yeah. he gets away with it. Um, yeah. But the film is about Brian Cranston's daughter, who's at university, starts dating this guy, and he is he's just a nightmare. Like he's not like um he is somebody who runs like an app company, so sold an app for like a lot of money, um has no kind of common sense or decorum 
just F's and Jeff's the whole time, very inappropriate, and he's trying to uh, win over the uh, the approval of her family, and so it's like a kind of battle between them. And the film was funny, but as soon as I watched it, I couldn't really tell you much that I found funny in it. Like it was one of those things that it was almost it was funny while you was watching it, but as soon as it finished, instantly forgettable. And I think sometimes there are, you know, American comedies can can sometimes be like that because they're so quick fire. You know, it's how many jokes can we fit into 90 minutes? Well, I've just started listening to a new movie review podcast and it's uh, James Richardson. Oh, everyone knows. Yeah, the the football guy. Yeah, the football guy. That's the one. And the podcast is called... I was going to bring it up later when we, we pick a, a podcast. Mm. Truth and Movies. Okay. Uh, and it's uh, apparently it's, a, it's a, a magazine as well. Uh, Little White Lies magazine, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. Well, they've reviewed Mindhorn in the, the second episode, but they, they reviewed Guardians of the Galaxy, and they basically, in episode one... And they basically said that about Guardians and the Galaxy and Marvel films. They're saccharine-covered, sweet goodness. But when you walk out the movie, you struggle to basically remember anything about the film. I, To be honest, I think Guardians is the exception to the rule. But I, my, I think my problem with Marvel films is that they... I, I agree to an extent. They've now got to the point where they try and cram so much into them. I mean, my my wife, she, your wife, she's given up on Marvel films, other than Guardians, because she is can't. The, sorry, is that the girl thing though, where they can't see in colour or three D? <laughs> no, but it's because like she'd sit there and like you know she watched Iron Man, loved Iron Man. She liked the first Incredible Hulk. She liked, oh, she didn't mind Aven- uh, Captain America or Thor, like the Avengers, but then it all started kind of getting bigger. And then they had S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV show S.H.I.E.L.D., and so some things were tying with that, and, you know, the films would all kind of tie in together, like one massive soap opera. And it was all just, uh, like, when you're watching them over quite a big period of time, unless you're going to go back and re-watch those films, which I suppose is what they're they're kind of gunning for, they can get quite confusing. I remember we were sat there watching uh, The Winter Soldier when it came out, and uh, she's like saying to me, oh, why is this person doing that? And I go, oh, okay, well, that's because so-and-so-and-so-and-so. And then something else happened, and she'd go, well, what about that? And I'd go, actually, I'm not too sure about that myself, because, you know, and I'd look back, and it was because it was referencing... Thor or something, or it was referenced in the Avengers, whatever it was. But it's because they try and keep all these massive storylines going for all these different films, so they're all connected. And where there's just so many Marvel films, I think it's it's too big. It's like trying to watch The Matrix it's a with bit, a girl. Well, it's a bit. No, you know, it's a bit like it's. You know, like when you watch a crime drama, like a police drama, and they've got a wall of suspects, and they've got loads of pins with bits of string. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, trying to trying to work out the storylines through Marvel films. Now, those people that will be listening to this now, they'll be going, oh, no, you got it wrong. You know, not confusing. Well, and that's fine. But because I'm, I don't just watch Marvel films, and I don't 
repeat watch Marvel films that often unless it's Guardians of the Galaxy because she loves that one. Um, then it's it's hard for me to remember what happened in Thor two. I can tell you what I thought of Thor two. I thought it was shit, but there will be plot points in Thor two which will be referenced in other films that I won't remember because is there a is there a shit film now? Is there a film that enrages you to the point that do you know what I mean? It, well, yeah, and they normally start off with the, at the beginning of the film saying a Christopher Nolan film. To be <sighs> honest, I was saying this the other day. I I find Chris Nolan to be so overrated; it's untrue. Now, have you seen the trailer for Dunkirk? Yeah. Now, I think Dunkirk actually looks pretty good. It looks amazing. And I like what I like about it is what they've managed to do is they've managed to give. Um, Tom Hardy, he's Bane face mask again. So you can't hear anything he's saying. It's all mumbles. I thought that was quite like constructive of them to do that. But I liked... I, I remember watching Memento when it came out. I, I actually went to the cinema to see Memento. Um, and it only had a small release in, in England at the time because it was, you know, an unknown director and, you know, it got a lot of praise, but it wasn't a very well-known film. I went out and, and saw that. I went out and saw Insomnia at the cinema when that came out. That was his second film. Um, I don't think I... No, I didn't see The Prestige. I think that was the next film after that. But I saw it when it came out on DVD. And I enjoyed that. And I really liked Batman Begins, actually. And then it kind of went a bit downhill. I found The Dark Knight so overrated as a film. It's got a brilliant performance by... Um, a dead fella. Heath, Heath Ledger, yeah, dead fella. Um, I mean, it's it's a, it's a great performance. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say it wasn't, but it felt like that was the backbone of the film. I just found the rest of it quite convoluted. I just didn't really enjoy it. Uh, and, and the thing is, I saw it the, the opening night, so there was no buzzer, you know, no kind of reviews or anything like that by that point to really go on. Um you know, the buzz was about Heath Ledger, but I didn't know. Yeah, but I much. love, I love all them three films. But they, I know, no. And so, but, all right. So we had that, right? So we had the Dark Knight. Then he came out with Inception. Now Inception, I went to see a preview of, and I was really excited to see it. And I walked out of there, and I thought, oh, what a great film! Really impressed with it. Then when I came and watched it the second time when it came out uh, for Christmas. We were sitting there both watching it, and I was like, "You didn't watch it with the girl, did you?" No, watched it with the wife, but we but she'd already seen it as well. She'd gone to the cinema and seen it as well, so it's the second time of us watching it. And I'm watching it. I'm going, "This is just bollocks." It's really, really good looking. The special effects in it are amazing, but the film itself is just a load of nonsense. It's like that film where they all um, live on corn in the future, and he goes into dimensional. What's that one? Oh, I don't know. You do. Don't ring any bells. It it's, does. It's a time-travelling film. He's the, he's the astronaut. He's the fella. He lives on a farm and he grow corn because that's all he can grow in the future. And the planet's dying. How, how, old, and, is how old is it? Um, five years, well, who, three years. Who's in it? Some fella. Brilliant. Well, it could be The Martian or Interstellar. Interstellar. Right, and that's Chris Nolan as well. So we haven't even got to Interstellar yet. So that was Inception, so I thought that was quite crap. Then they came out with The Dark Knight Rises. Now, I'd already admitted I wasn't a fan of The Dark Knight, 
but I didn't hate it. I was just disappointed in it. But I thought Dark Knight Rises, Tom Hardy, Anne Hathaway, like them. Every film. No, it's not. It's rubbish. Stunning. Absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Bane is shit. That ending. Bane oh, was amazing. Bollocks that ending. On top of that as well, he breaks Batman's back, but somehow he can recover enough to climb out of a bloody pit. No thanks. He's Batman. You've, you've got no concept Batman, of time. Batman's got he's, no superpowers. He's got a broken he was there back. For years. He was there for years. He didn't. He's just he fractured He wasn't it. there for years. He was there for weeks. Anyway, rubbish film. Tom Hardy. I he like grew a beard. Can you grow a beard in weeks? Yes. I shaved last week and I've already got about a quarter of an inch on my face. True story. Um, so that, that was pretty poor. Interstellar is the film you're talking about. Wouldn't even go and see it because it suffered from the same problem that Inception suffered and that was the score by, I think it's Hans Zimmerman, the score. You see the trailer for Interstellar and you get this... And that's the music, right? And it's the same in Inception as well. And I remember that was the only film I've ever put on my home cinema system. I had to turn the speakers off. Well, sorry, had to turn the subwoofer off because it was so bassy and annoying. It was just off-putting. So I couldn't even watch it. It's like that, when you go to pictures now, there's always that noise they make in every film, isn't there? The... Noise as something like sinister's happening. But, it's that, but you know, that's hands in. Well, that's that's what he introduced in Chris Nolan films, in my opinion. But at the same time, so although I've said most of his films are dog shit, I think Dunkirk looks good, and his early work is good. But he frustrates me so much as a director because he can obviously frame a theme. Like, the war films are never realistic until Saving Private Ryan comes along. I've still never seen Saving Private Ryan. Oh my! What? I heard the thing is like when it came out, I heard like people just turn around to me and say, "Oh, I found it so traumatic," and I thought, "Yeah, I'm not really feeling that." And it's just one of these films that it's not that I, I wouldn't watch, but I would have to be in the right no. mind to watch. Your um, homework, should you choose to accept it. Oh, Craig, you ain't seen a bloody Alfred Hitchcock film. Give me homework. I haven't. No, I haven't. But I will. I'll watch an Alfred Hitchcock film this week if you watch Saving Private Ryan. If I can find Have you not... it on, on a streaming service I've got, I'll watch it. I'll, I will promise you that. I, will, I, I, do, I, said, like, I, do, I, I do want to watch it. I just haven't got around to it. You know my line of business? I do. Right. I've seen things. Right. Without going into detail, out of respect for the dead, yeah. I've seen things. Yeah, I know the kind of things you'd say. Yeah. Yeah, they are real. And movies, no matter what they do in movies, are not real. When you get shot in a movie, it's not real. Saving Private Ryan is as the realest film I've ever seen. And if Dunkirk has got to be, for that to work, because there's still people out there who were there, just about. They're old now, they're very old. There's a few. There'll be a few left, yeah. yeah. Not many. You know, and there's film footage and there's video, you know, there's footage of, of them landings and everything like that and what went on. It's not like it's an artistic impression or anything like that. Mm. He's got to nail it. So that is going to be a real film. Dunkirk has got to be real. 
I think I think he will though. I think I think he'll and nail it. it. I do think he'll nail it. So there's going to be a lot of amputee actors, a lot of war veterans are going to be brought into that to star in that film for all the horrific scenes. I can imagine, you know, where they've lost limbs in real battles, they're going to be used in in this film as extras. Possibly, possibly. I I think so, I Mm. think so. It's going to be horrendous. It'll be hard work to watch it. Well, talking about hard work to watch, last night we watched um, 12 Years a Slave. Never heard of it. You haven't heard of 12 Years a Slave? Is that the one where um, that fella's a slave for 12 years? <laughs> yeah, that's the one, Craig, yeah. No. It got nominated for Best Picture, and it, it, it I think it won Best Picture, actually, and it won, uh, it got nominated Oscars for, like, Best Actor and Actress. Um, really famous film about, obviously, uh, as you can probably tell, American slavery. Is that, fella, is that fella in it who's always either the President of the United States or God? No. You know who I mean, no. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Such a racist. Um, so I watched 12 Years a Slave, and it's, it is horrific. I mean, that's horrific. Um, is it? It's not... I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a different kind of thing to a war film, but you are seeing how a whole race of people um, were being persecuted uh, and how they were being talked to and looked at um, by... Uh, a certain part of society and the thing is with that that film is set about 150 160 years ago and to think that that was happening at that time and in fact even later than that i was uh, on another podcast i was listening to um zadie smith on adam buxton's podcast and she was talking about she was obsessed with john lennon she was talking about a story she read when they were playing, I think it may have been Georgia. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, they, they found out the, the stadium was segregated and they refused to go and play until they unsegregated it. And they said, it's, you know, it's against the law of the state. We're not able to do so. And they said, well, we're not going out on stage. And in the end, they had to relent and let everybody, uh, you know, enjoy the concert as one. Um, that that was know. the power of the Beatles. Yeah. I, That's but, how huge they that were. Was, that was in the 60s. That was still, in some parts of America, still a thing. And 50, 50 years ago next month, Sergeant Pepper come out. So half a century ago, yeah. people it, were still getting segregated because of the colour of the skin yeah, in it, certain states in America. Yeah, it's just amazing. I, 12 Years Slave is, is a fairly hard watch, but I think it's good to understand the kind of thing and it's based on on a trip like the, the the person in it was a real slave and he actually wrote a book called 12 years a slave which is what it's based on um in the i think it was published in the late 1800s or so so it's actually like based on a book essentially about that time and it's been traced back it was traced back i think in the 60s or 70s uh, by a scholar and it's been traced back and and kind of been all confirmed that what's mentioned in the book um all the the houses and and fields they worked on that he mentioned were all were all real so um yeah it's it's um it's it's shocking but it's it's good to know these things that's why i think they're quite important but at the same time it's they need to have 
an element of truth about them as well because you don't want to watch you know can you imagine if you watched a film like uh saving private ryan and they changed the like the how the, the war you know how the war ended or something like that like i know it's a bit extreme but when you're watching something that's based on a true event you want it to have it's going to be dramatized to an extent but you still need it to have uh, a massive element of truth about it because have you seen on netflix talking yeah. about that there's a, a i think it's a film it's a german film so the subtitles and it's adolf hitler oh downfall no 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 it's adolf hitler drops out the sky in modern day germany oh <laughs> yes i've not seen it I watched the first 10 minutes of it, and it was hard work. I I thought it was supposed to be a bit like Borat. Well... It's supposed to be a bit like a comedy, more than... Germans haven't got a sense of humour. Henning Henning (laughs) Vague. Hey, have you ever ever laughed at a German? Yeah, Henning Vague. Who? He's a German comedian, Henning Vague. Never heard of him. He's over here a lot. He's he's quite funny. I might have heard of him actually on the. Um, he does like the, he does the panel show circuit. He does like. Uh, yeah, he might have been on there the Friday night comedy podcast at some point. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, uh, and he is very funny actually. I, I think I but have now. There's always an exception to the rule. Yeah. Yeah. One one German in the millennium is funny. <laughs> when they're not invading Poland, what are they doing? He's in Bratwurst. Curryverse. <laughs> oh, I do love Bratwurst. Right, I watched Avatar this week. You did watch Avatar. So this is a bit of a disaster dark crossover. You are talking about Avatar. This but, is uh, the second time I've watched Avatar. Now, I bought Avatar on iTunes about three years ago when it was on a Christmas sale. And I got it for a, I want to say five ninety nine, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I watched it, and I enjoyed it. It is Fern Gully. It is... Started with Smurfs. The Smurfs, yeah. It is Pocahontas. It's... It's it's basically American history, isn't it? If, you know, with yeah. what they did with the Native American Indians and... Well, that, yeah, I when, I, when I said Dancing with Smurfs, I, I was more making a reference... So oh, we had Dancers with Wolves, yeah. Rather than of course, Smurfs, yeah. But, but yeah. yes, that's the same thing. Um, it, the, what they've done is they've transferred the Indians, obviously, for another planet and six, seven, eight foot, nine foot fucking blue things with sex tails. But it's basically exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, I mean... I haven't watched Avatar since, and I've got it. I bought it on in 3D. I got it. I got it in a, in a sale. I got that and Titanic, both in 3D for like a tenner or something stupid. So I couldn't pass that up because um, apparently Titanic's got a quite a good 3D conversion. But nevertheless, I will go. I, you know, I bought it because I will watch it again. But my, I think the problem with Avatar and you know maybe this is other people's problem as well it's not that it's not done well because the effects are very 
very good, very creative. You know, the, the 3D is still one of the best 3D experiences I've, I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot. Um, but well, it's on a par story. for me for the um, the new Wizard of Oz movie. Okay, okay, interesting. I never saw that in 3D actually, but uh, I heard that was quite good. But um, I think the problem that people have, and I said this, this is what I believe it may not be, but Avatar became the biggest film of all time. But really, there was nothing special about it. There was nothing unique about it. Um, it's just a film. It. It's just a. It's a, like I put in our private chat on Facebook. It's a story that's been told before, but it was of its time. 3D was coming out. 3D was the new thing in the pictures. You know, everybody wanted a 3D telly. Apparently, you can't even buy 3D tellies anymore. I don't know how true that is, but... No, it's true. A, a lot of... Um, they're trying to get people to buy 4K tellies. But basically, what happened was they brought out 3D Sky and they brought out 3D Blu-rays after Avatar and they thought everybody will go out and go, wow, I need a 3D TV, I'm going to buy one. Now, just for argument's sake, if you was if you was going out now buying a, a brand new, decent, top, top of the range TV, not the top top, but, you know, a really decent TV, what are you looking at? Probably somewhere between 700 and... Fifteen hundred pounds for yeah. a decent telly. Now, they thought that everyone would just go out and buy TVs. Well, most people had gone out and bought a flat screen TV a few years before. Oh, yeah, definitely. Spent a good, good amount of money on one. So we, when we we bought a flat screen TV, and I think about a year or so later, they bought out 3D TV, and it's like, oh, well, that, you know. We'd love the 3D TV, but there was no point in us buying one. Then um, a few years later, it was like, actually, you know what? Um, the TV's getting a bit knackered. We're going to upgrade and buy a 3D TV. So that's what we did. Um, but they just thought everybody was going to go out and buy 3D tellies. And most people will buy a new TV when they need one. And the lifespan of a TV can be anywhere between five years if you're probably unlucky up to ten years and every year they bring out new TVs with a new feature but unless you're needing to buy a TV and spend that kind of money on one why are you going to buy one just because it does 3D ludicrous so the whole thing just backfired, it just completely flopped and now they're doing the same thing with 4K now everything's 4K what I've been told about the, the chip or the, the module or whatever that they need for 3D in a television is it's minuscule and it costs a couple of quid to, to put in. Yeah. It, this, is, this is not an expensive piece of kit. Oh, no. It, but it, what they're trying to do is that it's in the same way that they were leading with 3D being a reason to buy a TV. Now it's 4K. Now it's like, let's try and get everyone towards 4K. My friends, the other um, my friends lost their um, their TV. His did you use a ten? Are you going to turn into a pumpkin now? That's twelve. If we're still here at twelve o'clock, it will be a fucking pumpkin. David <laughs> pumpkin. Um, An ass pumpkin. <laughs> so I don't know what one of them is. I've just made it up. Probably a pile. But so the thing <laughs> is, so 
my friends, their, their, their children smashed their TV. He lobbed the stool at his brother. His brother ducked and it smashed the TV. So I had to nice. go and buy a new TV. And they said to me, oh, um, what do you think we should look for in a TV? Are we looking at this TV or we could spend another 100 quid and get a 4K TV? And I said to them, I'll be honest with you. I oh, know it wasn't it wasn't 100. It was, it was a few, it was about two or 300 quid more for this TV they were looking at. So they could get a standard HD TV or they could get a 4K TV. And they said, what should we do? Should we pay the extra? And I said, well, what can you watch? I said, you can watch a few things in Netflix. They film a few things in 4K. Um, you can watch a few sporting events in 4K. They do a few sporting events in 4K. Um, but most TV channels are only just finalised in HD. For them to actually broadcast in 4K, they're still a good four or five years away. Like that's what, There's no BBC 4K or there's no ITV 4K because they're not ready to broadcast in that yet. But basically, the capacity is just not there. So you, the only way for you to really watch decent 4K stuff is to buy it. And you can go out and buy 4K Blu-rays and they cost double the price of a standard Blu-ray. Most people I know still buy DVDs. I don't. I buy, if I'm buying a film, I buy a Blu-ray. But if it saves them four or five quid, they'll buy a DVD. So, I don't. I don't buy Blu-rays anymore. No, you buy a digital download, you dirty git, didn't you? Yeah, no, iTunes. You're, you're the reason. See, what's, what's going to happen if tomorrow Apple closed down iTunes? Well, they're never going to because... Um... Uh, well, that's not the rumour. That's rumour is that they are. Oh, oh, go on then. Come on. Humour me. No, apparently they're trying to push everyone towards Apple Music, and one of the, the options they're looking at is eradicating iTunes. Um, potentially, it's going to be some sort of streaming service where you would get pretend, all movies, I would imagine. You can't... You can't Apple Music is um, Spotify. Yep. So... There's still people out there who don't need... I, I pay £14 a month for family sharing for Apple Music. And all my family, all four of us, from that family sharing, get all our apps included, all our movies included that I buy, TV series, books, and Apple Music all included in that 14 for sharing sharing purposes what i need to start doing as an adult is making all my future purchases through my children because well yeah that's the other that's the other problem as well isn't it with digital uh... because when i die i think bruce willis was trying to sue apple at some point i yeah. don't know what happened to that no i've not heard what happened to that, actually because when i die all my digital downloads apparently die with me. Yep. So, uh, the, I bought the Harry Potter box set for our Eve um, last year in the Christmas sale on iTunes. I think I got the all all movies for like twenty quid, something like that. I got them in her name, so that if I croak it tomorrow, she can still watch your Harry Potter. Yeah, but I just don't. I don't get it. Right? I mean, you can go. I can. I've got all these films on DVD on Blu-ray. There's software you can buy to convert that into files. 
Yeah, that's a lot of asshole. It doesn't. Yeah, but the fact is, if anything happens to my digital copies, I've got physical backups. Yeah, and we're we're doing right. this thing in the moment. We're doing this thing in the moment. So, the problem with DVDs and Blu-rays and of that ilk is storage take up a lot of room. So what we've done is we bought one of these um, like CD wallet cases, like a quite a large one, that we're going to take all our discs out of the boxes, put all of this in the in these zip-up uh, covers, and we're going to put all the boxes in the loft out of the way. Not bothering anybody. Wasn't Amazon doing a thing that if you bought a digital download off them, they would send you out the DVD? They, they do that with CDs. I don't think That's, they do it with films. So it's CDs, is it? They definitely do it with CDs because we'll often buy um, an album on. Well, this is a, again, this is a stupid thing. So my wife will buy an album on iTunes. So like she bought Guardians of the Galaxy and she pays like, I don't know. 10 quid for it but she could go into HMV and buy the CD for 9 quid and yep. then put that onto iTunes anyway or she could buy it on Amazon and have the digital version straight away and the CD sent in the post the day like the next day well, so, well. what's the point what's the point what is the point <laughs> what's the point of anything what is the point of anything that just burns me. It your head out, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. I mean, I'm firmly rooted in the Amazon. No, I'm not. I'm firmly rooted in the Apple ecosystem. Yeah. So I quite happily keep giving me money to Apple. But the side effect is that eventually your hardware is obsolete after maybe three or four years for your iPads, two years for your phone. Um, although it's not two years, you can get like five, six years out of a, a, an iPhone, but you know, whether it's good enough, but you know, whatever it is, it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Have you heard, um, talking of um, mass murderers, yeah. Ian Brady's dead? Yep, just going to let. Gobshite. Yep. 79 years old, still didn't put them poor families out of their misery and uh, put them souls to rest. Well, they were talking about it today because I saw a thing so I didn't think he had long left and they were trying to get him to give up some more information but whether or not he actually did do before he, he died or not, I don't know. The thing is, right, to give up information, I can't remember what I did last week and last <laughs> week I wasn't killing kids yeah. in the 60s. These were these were doing these horrific crimes in the sixties. Now, if you were to take somebody from the sixties and fast forward, because he's been institutionalised since the sixties, mm. so fifty years in prison. To take him out of that and say, right, where did you put body A, body B, you know, whatever? It's a different world. It, it's irrelevant now. Them roads that he was driving up and down don't exist anymore. Yep. You know what I mean? It, it, he was never going to give them any more information. Mm. Because he, I don't think he physically could. I'm not sticking up for him, by the way. No. But if he was going to give up information, he needed to have given it. He needed to have pushed them harder at the time. Mm. 
you know, and um, maybe they'd have got some information. But yeah, he's only he was only down the road from us, Ashworth. Oh really? It's not too, yeah, it's only like McGull. It's about five miles away. Hmm. Still a gob shape, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one way to describe him, I suppose. You never see a photograph of him, do you? Uh, well, not no. Only, only the only ones I ever saw him were like the mugshots. Well, when someone famous dies, the first thing you do is you look for the last photograph of them, don't you? Hmm. So that'll be interesting. I suppose you mean like um, like like Charlie Manson. You still see? Uh, no, I don't mean Manson. I mean uh, Bronson. Yeah. Like Bronson, you still see pictures of him that are quite recent, don't you? So, or Elvis, um, you know, or, or John Lennon. The last photograph of John Lennon. Mm. The last photograph of Madeline Manson. The last photo. Oh, he's not dead. Marilyn uh, Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe, yeah. The last photograph of Ronnie Corbett. You know, oh, I love Ronnie Corbett. <laughs> I would. I wouldn't have thought of Ronnie Corbett, but yes, I, I know your. Uh, he was a love. He was a lovely little fella. I hear that actually. Yeah. yeah. I I just cuddled him forever. Yeah. No, he's he he, he like, you never heard anyone back, talk badly about him. Yeah, Paul Daniels. The opposite of your Scylla. Scylla wasn't very popular. Yeah, but yeah I hear that. I hear that. She like in Liverpool she wasn't very popular. No, if you're a scouser, right, as I'm a scouser, yeah? Mm. Born and bred in Liverpool, yeah? If you move, if you make it and you leave Liverpool, then you're a gobshite. Mm. Now, I'm not being funny. I love Liverpool. I'm proud to be from Liverpool. But if next Friday I win the Euro lottery and it's a seventy million jackpot, well, you can I'm come pr- come to live down, afford to live down here. I'm literally not staying in Liverpool. <laughs> I'm buying a place in Florida. I'm buying a place in Spain. I'm buying a place in the Highlands of Scotland, and I'll have a base in Liverpool. I'll come home every so often, but. And that, that's the thing, Vingo Starr, the poor fella, is on Jonathan Ross. And Jonathan Ross basically asks him, would you come back to live in Liverpool? And he lives in LA. <laughs> I don't care where you live, right, in the whole of United Kingdom. Manchester, Birmingham, Bristol, Hull, Grimsby, Darlington, Slaphead, right? <laughs> Anywhere you live in the UK, if it's a toss-up between LA and anywhere in the UK, you're not coming home. No. Now, you put into context that Ringo Starr was a sickly child. You know, one of them kids that nearly died. He had all sorts wrong with him. He's not a well man in himself in respect of you need, he needs warm weather, he needs nice weather. Do you know what I mean? Some people are like that, aren't they? Yep. You need the sun on you. So why is he going to come back to live in fucking Liverpool? Jonathan Ross set him up like the little fucking 
sudden little gobshite that he is with his fucking boss little lisp. He's a fucking bellend. Just said it now. Sticking up for Ringo. Ringo's in the house. The peace. Ringo posse. Peace and love. I, peace and love. Peace and love. I won't and do any Thomas, more. I won't do any more signatures. Peace and love. Thomas pulled out of his beard. <laughs> He's sick. Guy. So, is there anything else? Um, I, I, there's not been anything to do with TV recently, is there? Oh, have you started um, Line of Duty yet? On my recommendation. No. Oh, everyone, were. everyone has said in the Line of Duty. Right, okay, is it a six-parter? Uh, I think the first... See, the, only the first two on Netflix at the moment. They, they haven't put the third off... Well, I won't put the fourth one yet because it's only just finished, but they're still... The third one's supposed to be coming on soon, but I think the first two are six-parters. They're not, they're not very long. Are they an hour long each episode? Yeah. Yep. <sighs> I don't know. It just doesn't jump out at me. Is it is it basically like um, a detective series in the UK? So it's like Morse. I would never compare it to something like Morse. It's I mean, better think, than Morse. Oh, pisses all over it. The thing, like, it's not so. Line of Duty isn't a. It's not. It's not episodic. In the, it's not crime per episode. It's like an overarching story. So, like, each series is about a crime. Okay. So it's it's like a long game. So it's not yeah. like you know you watch one episode and they catch the the villain by the end and everyone's hunky dory. Like every episode is part of a, a series, um, and the series are actually you kind of find out as you watch them they're interconnected. But yeah, it's not like Law and All. It's not like Malls. It's not like Midsummer Murders or anything like that. It's completely something completely different. And they do a lot of um, they do a lot of that's not true, but they do interrogation scenes. And one of the in, in, I think in the last series that was just on, one of the interrogation scenes was about thirty two minutes. And it but the thing is, it is utterly gripping. Like they must rehearse it so like for so many hours before they film it because it's like you're flying the wall. Yeah. The, whole, the emotions and the reactions and everything like that, it's its just, it's compelling. There's nothing else really quite like it when it comes to these things. Police dramas, anything like that, there's obviously 10 of the penny. But this is not like anything else. That's why people kind of go on about it, because it is its own thing. Um, so, yeah, at some point you should get, you should get on that. But um, What's it called again? Line of Duty. <laughs> on, uh, on In America, it's on Hulu. Hulu. So our American listeners, you can watch it on Hulu. Um, Hulu. We don't get Hulu in this country. Hulu. Hulu. Wishes. Um, Wishes. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think there's much else. Actually, i see what. You know what? If you're in the UK, you should really watch Taskmaster. Mm, never did, really. Taskmaster, Taskmaster is on Dave, right? So American... Oh, hello. Hello, Dave. American listeners, we have a channel called Dave because everybody knows Dave. Dave. That's why they named it Dave because everybody knows Dave. And Taskmaster is a show. It's got. Did you ever watch The Inbetweeners? 
Yeah. It's got the headmaster from the in-betweeners. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the taskmaster. And every series, they have uh, one, two, three, uh, five or six comedians. Um, and what they do, like they, they're given tasks to do. And it's all kinds of weird stuff. So, like, one the other day was they had um, two fence panels in a garden set up. And they had loads of ducks on on these fence panels just sat on the top. And the task was to knock these ducks over without touching, um, without going past this line. So they put like a rope barrier up. So the, the, the ducks were probably about um, hundreds, no, no, about, about 25 yards away. Veal um, ducks? No, 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 t- rubber, toy rubber ducks. Um, and so they ha- so the task was you had to knock these ducks off the quickest time wins and once the first duck has been knocked off the wall that's when the clock starts and so it's how they approach these tasks because obviously there are quicker ways to do things um, so it's it's them trying to come up with like a humorous not, not necessarily a humorous way but obviously when you're watching them it's humorous but a way of doing it and it's all just little tasks like that. And it's been so successful on Dave, they're actually doing an American version of it later this year. On John? On John. No, on, on Comedy Central, actually. So it's going big guns. Um, Dave Jr. J- Dave Sr. the second. What did he say in America? No, it's Dave Jr., isn't it? Dave, Dave Sr., Dave Jr. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dave Sr., but no, it's going to be on Comedy Central, so it's it's gonna it's been taken over there, so it could be quite successful over in America as well. But it is constantly one of the funniest hours uh, of the year when an episode I, is on. Really we struggle to watch UK telly anymore. You you've got to pick and choose. That's we insane. literally live on YouTube. We live on Netflix and Disney Life. Cody. I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> um, we're I'll, watching The Flash at the moment. I just bought a Roku, so um, I, I don't know what Cody is, but I'm going to try and find out. Just, just heard things, that's all. Um, Dis- just like being a Disney nerd and all that, Disney Life, when it came out at a tenner a month, was excruciatingly extortionate. Mm. Oh, I know you said it's improved immensely, haven't you? It's improved, the catalogue has improved, um, the stability of the app has improved, they put it on the Apple TV fourth generation, which makes it just phenomenal. Ah, I'm glad you said that, because I couldn't find it on my Apple TV, but I've got third gen. Third gen, yeah, it's not on third gen. Yeah. You can air, airplay from the app. Yeah, yeah, I did wonder, I did wonder. Which is a pain in the arse. Oh. How? Yeah. It's not the best. It works, but it's not the best. Mm. Um, but now, it's gone from a tenner a month to a fiver a month. Now, it, it, when they launched it, you got an app free a month. Do they still do that? No, they discontinued the apps. The app isn't right. When well, have rubbish. you ever seen a decent Disney app? Never. Or a decent Disney game? The shit. The only ones that were good... When they were doing that, when they used to do that thing with Disney Life, the only apps that were good were like the interactive books. Well, the, the books are still on there. That's good, because I mean, the thing is, they were a rip-off anyway, because I think they were like 
six or seven quid a book anyway. So a lot of so money for what they were. You can still have all the interactive reading. All the books are still on there. The books are brilliant. Now, what kind of films are on there? Because I I understood that because of the Sky contract, they couldn't have very recent films. Well, Mo- Moana's not on it. The big the big film that's just come on, yep. um, Disney-wise, mm. is Big Hero 6. Right, so that is two years behind the curve? Yeah. But basically every other Disney film that has been made in the history of Disney is on there. Yeah. So your your two shitty Tron movies are on there. The Black Hole, The Black Cauldron, everything. Everything that you can think of. Herbie goes bananas, Herbie takes it up the arse, everything. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. That is interesting. So the thing is, like, so at the moment um, we have a subscription to Now TV um, because it's just easy for Disney. Now, fans. Now TV is absolutely stunning. Uh, it's just Sky, isn't it? It's just digital it, Sky. It's, it's basically digital Sky. You've nailed it. For the for a fraction of the cost, yep. you can streamline because you don't need Sky. It's like you, we've got Virgin Media. They're coughing up blood. These these behemoths, these gar, gargantuan TV packages. If you sit down, right, and write down every show that you watch on your package for a week, and then do it for a month. You'll find you only watch about ten channels, if that. Oh, it's 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 terrible. I mean, we left. I I left Sky because of uh, reasons for going to BT, um, and you know the first instinct was, oh, but I'm not going to be able to watch E. I'm not going to be able to watch. I know whatever crap she was watching. I don't know, but E was the big channel that she used to watch, and um, you could you could buy some additional channels through BT. You couldn't buy like Sky One because that's that is exclusive to Sky. Virgin don't have that either. But you could get things like Comedy Central and, and E for like a few quid a month. So we had those channels added on to our TV package. But to be honest, you're right. You don't actually. There, there'll be programs you watch, but you won't sit there and watch the same channels every day because there's not stuff on there all the time that you want. Um, the beauty of Now TV is that if you're with Sky. I think the HD film package is probably about 20 quid a month. Yeah, exactly. Now TV, it's half that cost. And if you can buy uh, vouchers, then it's even cheaper. Or sometimes do promos. So why anybody would want to pay for Sky Movies anymore, I don't get. Now, what's interesting is that, you know, obviously we've got this in in the UK and it's a new way of, of Sky selling their services. But, have you ever seen how much a cable bill costs in America? Oh, it's it's got it's huge. Yeah, you're looking at over a ton a month. Yeah. And yeah, and with cable companies they've got monopolies. So a bit like Sky, in that they won't let Virgin have Sky One. If you're with Direct T V, there'll be channels that you get on Direct T V you don't get access to if you're a Time Warner customer, for example. If I want Sky, I mean, right, I, I can get all Sky for free because I use my brother-in-law's login details from his Sky TV on my PlayStation 4. Yep. 
so I can watch Sky whenever I want. Um, so that's why I cancelled my Now TV because I had Now TV for Game of Thrones because there is other ways to watch Game of Thrones as we've discussed um, but they're not quite as reliable as a official legal way of watching them so I paid £6 a month I think it was for Now TV um, and you got I think it was 11 TV channels and when I did get it it had the Disney channel as well Mm -hmm. and the Disney channel because of Disney Life got discontinued and you can watch the Disney channels on your iPad or your iPhone however they won't allow you to watch it on the Apple TV app Interesting. However, however, you can airplay them across from your iPad. So makes no sense. So Disney Life, you pay a five a month for Disney Life, and you've got your Disney Channel, your Disney Junior Channel, your Disney XD, just airplay it across to your fourth or third gen Apple TV, not a problem. Mm. So I think does cable cutting is, is sweeping the, the world and... I think we in our house need to do it. My wife, my wife, uh, is still very much uh, EastEnders is on at half seven. That's when I'll watch it. Yeah, but you, but then you can do that. Oh, you can do you that. Know yeah. like, you know, the thing is, if you cut, if you cancelled Sky, or you got Virgin, if you cancelled Virgin tomorrow, you'd still be able to watch and record your, your digital chat, like your what we used to refer to as terrestrial channels. Um, the only things you won't get are those premium cable channels, um, but you would still have access to all your, you know, your ITV channel four, that kind of malarkey. Um, but yeah, I'm with you that the, the landscape is changing. I mean, the thing is, you know, at the moment, you know, my wife lives away from home or lives away, um, stays at her mum's a few days a week because of the kids going to school. So what we do is during the week all the things that we would watch together get taped. There's a few programs that I would watch by myself. There's a few programs that she'd watch by herself. And when she comes back, we will, you know, we'll spend the weekend catching up with the programs that we would watch together. Hell's Kitchen's just finished. So that's one less that we've got to worry about. Um, But we don't really watch anything in real time anymore. The only, the only program we've watched in real time recently was going back to it line of duty just because we had to see it before it got spoiled by anyone. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we were like, right, Sunday nine o'clock, that's our time to watch that. We need to watch it. Done. I think I mean I think on now T V you can watch um, you can pay for the the sport packages, can't you? You get twenty four hours all of Sky TV channels for £9.99 for 20, 24 hours of use. I think sports is a bit more than that. I think it's about 15 quid. Uh, okay, it might be, but... The sport is more, a lot more expensive than the films. I know that much. Right. So, But that's for 24 hours. Mm. Now, Apple were looking at the Premier League at the last bidding war that Sky and BT ended up carving up between them mm. for billions, yeah? Mm-hmm. No disrespect to any other team in the Premier League. Sky Sports bores me. I don't want to watch Crystal Palace versus Millwall 
or Crystal Palace versus Hull or Hull versus whoever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but then Crystal Palace fans probably don't want to watch Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, that, that's exactly. always the thing. And we, but and we, know what you're saying. But we, we all have to pay the same price to watch hundreds of matches where our own teams are only in a fraction of them. Well, if you look at the, the model across the world, so that's what we we have in the UK. If you, uh, excuse me, if you go to the pub and you go to a pub that's got a, uh, a special satellite, shall we call it, that's pointed in a certain direction, they'll be able to build uh, to beam games over from, like, um, Dubai. And on a Saturday afternoon, they will have on probably 10 Premier League games at 3 o'clock. And they will just okay. sit whatever one on in the pub that, you know, so, like, you know, normally in, the, in where I live, you know, it's mainly a West Ham uh, area. Um so if West Ham are playing, that'll be the game that's on. But if there's not a West Ham game on, it'll be like Spurs or, or Arsenal because you get Spurs and Arsenal supporters where we are um, and a few Chelsea. So it'll be whatever they think is more popular or they'll show a few different games at different parts of the pub. So you just go right. and stand near the screen that you want to. But could you imagine if Apple get involved with the Apple TV 4th Gen, which is an app based product right so you are a West Ham fan I am a Liverpool fan you go on that app on that TV and you buy or download the West Ham app I download the Liverpool FC app and I then have an in-app purchase for say an example price 200 quid for the season or 15 quid a month or whatever and that gives me exclusive footage, live footage of every Liverpool game that season, and you get every West Ham game that season, so on and so forth. That is going to be the big thing. That's going to be the game changer. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think, to be honest, like I know why BT did what they did, but I think, in hindsight, they probably paid... And Sky probably paid over the odds for what they got. I mean, it was close to like a few billion pounds for yeah. two years worth of access to Premier League games. It's, it's a ridiculous sum of money. Um, and year on year, I mean, BT don't release that many statistics about their um, their subscriptions, mainly because if you buy, I think it's sort of the case, if you have BT broadband, you get BT Sport free. Yeah, you do. So not if many you... people have, not many people buy a BT Sport because they get it as part of their contract. Yeah, um, well, we get it free on Virgin Media. Yeah. If you're on on the HD or the XL package, you get BT Sport for free. Yeah. So I mean, they're not very um, forthcoming with the amount of subscriptions they get. They review, they release some of the um, viewing figures sometimes. And the thing is, like, even for like a big uh, like a large Premier League game, you might get at best seven hundred thousand viewers, and I can't imagine Sky Sports is that much is that different. To be honest, I imagine it's probably on about a par. So the thing is, the viewing figures are kind of down anyway. Um, I think football is at a kind of breaking point because it's more and more money to go. 
Like, I, I went to West Ham twice last season and once this season. I went twice because the bowling ground was being knocked down and I went once this season to see the new stadium. But for me to go, by myself, you're looking at a good, easy 40 quid to go to the game. Uh, sorry, to get into the game. You've got your travel up there, which could be another 15 quid or so on top. Same to eat, same to drink. You're looking at probably best part of 100 quid by the time everything's said and done for a day out. So, so let's picture, right, you've bought the West Ham app, I've bought the Liverpool FC app, right? So you go on the app on your day-to-day life. One of the screens on there is the 24-hour Apple TV sports news channel, like Sky Sports, yeah? Mm-hmm. So it's just rolling through, so you can click on that and watch all the shite. They would also have West Ham, Liverpool reserve games. They would also have women's football, if that was a thing. Like Liverpool Liverpool have got a ladies, I don't know if West Ham have, yeah. right? So whenever them games were on, the under-21s, the under-18s, it all comes in the package. Mm-hmm. Then, on a Friday night, they have a, another channel, or on the same channel as the news channel, the Roland, you know, the match of the day style game, where I can still watch all the goals from all the other games in the Premier League that, that, that day. But ultimately, I buy that app, I buy the in-app purchase to watch my team live. And then that game is screened the on repeat for a couple of days afterwards. You know, I think that's the future. I think that's the model of modern what modern football will be. I really do. Yeah. And I mean the thing uh, is like, you know, bring it to back to America, I mean, um, you get that quite a lot. You you'll see I think you're gonna see that kind of trend as well because um, you know, obviously the Super Bowl is still extremely popular, but I don't think so, like the sports channels like ESPN their viewing figures have been dwindling for the last few years because more and more games are kind of being shown on free TV so I think that the NFL and you know the NHL and NBA they'll probably go down and try and look at a similar kind of route of you know buy it for us I mean you can buy it now you can buy an NFL pass yeah. um, I can't remember how much it costs but that gives you access to games for the season now in that in that app that I'm talking about that doesn't exist yet. In my Liverpool FC app, it's Arsenal versus Chelsea this weekend. Well, for an extra fiver, I could buy that game mm. as another in-app purchase. So, so not only are the Chelsea fans and the Arsenal fans paying for their own app to watch them games live, but Liverpool fans, Man United fans are watching that game live as well. Thing is, they've, got, they've got to be competitive with it because the thing is, you know, I don't know what I don't know what it's like at Liverpool, but the cheapest West Ham season ticket, I think, after the move, is about two hundred and fifty quid. I think. Have you sold that stadium out? Yeah, because it did. It didn't oh. look sold out. Yeah, oh no! Like you couldn't buy your like. There's a massive waiting list for season tickets. When Liverpool crushed, yeah the other day, 4-0, at your own stadium. That stadium was half empty. Yeah, it's because people started leaving, I imagine. Um, but but season ticket-wise, I think there was, I think about 30,000 seats of the stadium were season ticket, and they all sold out. 
and there's a and how, quite a big waiting list. How many does it hold? 52. How many I did think. the old West Ham hold? 36. So that, that's the problem. That's why you had season tickets priced competitively and oh, no, rightly no. so. Yeah, no, agreed. I know why they've done it. Um, and that's also why there's such a, a long waiting list. Um, because, because it is a reasonable season ticket in the grand scheme cool. of things. Um, you know, they wanted to make sure it did. But at the same time, it's proved popular. They've frozen the season ticket prices again. Um, so this season, it's, it's still going to be the same prices. You know, I think it'll be... I, I can't see them changing it too much. They might increase it over time, but I don't think dramatically. Because the moment they, they get too much, people start dropping their season tickets. And then they won't be able to fill that stadium. So... You know, they've got to be careful with that. I think that's the thing. I think you'll see that more and more from clubs is that the bigger the stadium, the cheaper the season tickets. Look at Man City. Well, have you ever seen how much the German, like the Bundesliga, charge for season tickets? Oh, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's sweet FA. And, yeah, we'll look at that league. But, um, you know, that's the way to do it. And I think there's increasing pressure now to get people to go to games because of the risk of these things kind of happening. I mean, the reason there's no three o'clock kickoffs in the UK on TV is because part of the agreement with the Premier League and everything was not to allow that to happen because they're worried about the impact it would have on people going to games. You will always get people that want to go as long as they're not priced out. And they've, you know, exactly. most clubs have got so- to that point now where they are. Why not have the 3 p.m. kickoff on the telly, right? But also because of that, you don't want to watch a 3 p.m. kickoff or any kickoff if the stadium's half empty, there's no atmosphere, it's crap. They would have to then price to make sure that 3 p.m. kickoff was sold out every week because telly fans are watching it. Let's be honest though, like, different argument, but football is just prima donnas now getting far too overly paid so yeah but yeah but you could take like footballers are just exactly the same as how much does lewis hamilton get for driving around the racetrack for 70 laps oh yeah yeah uh, uh, you know a few million pounds a year yeah a few million pounds a friggin' race you know how many how much money does an american footballer get for throwing not even playing the full game coming on and playing 20 minutes yeah, yeah, million. You know, it's, yeah. it's the same. It's just the the problem. We we could go to the game every single week for nothing, and it wouldn't impact on them clubs anymore because they earn so much, right? I we knew Ron Yates, right? Do you know who Ron Yates is? No. He was the Liverpool captain that lifted the FA Cup for the first time in. Off the top of my head, sixty-five. Mm-hmm. I think it was might have been sixty-six actually. Um, we knew him because he lived next door to our friend right. in the nineties. Right, we had a couple of meals with him. He was a chief scout for Liverpool at the time, and in that time period, he signed Stan Collymore for eight million pounds. I remember that. Now, yep. Now, eight million pounds back then, in about ninety-five, whenever they bought them, ninety-six, was the entire gate receipts for that one season. 
Mm. Now, I know time's changed and all that, and clubs are bringing in over a million pounds a game now, but how insignificant is the money through the turnstile if you're if the club can survive all season with no gate receipts? Mm. Be- because we we blew it all on Stan Collymore. Mm. Well, that's what that's what football's become. It's, it, it's there's too much money in it now. That's never going to change. It's only going to go up. You say it's never going to change, but it has, because you know. I, I still remember, like, what was it, the early 80s when we had the first million-pound transfer? And then this year we had Paul Pogba for 80 million. Oh, I, yeah. I, what still burns my head out is one of the greatest footballers i ever seen was Peter Beardsley. And we signed him from Newcastle in 87 for £1.9 million. And that burnt my head out. That blew that blew me away because we got John Barnes from Wofford the same season for off the top of my head I'm just about seven hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, John Barnes, the greatest footballer ever to walk the earth, and the greatest and rapper. He couldn't half rap me. I come from Jamaica. My name is John Barnes, and when I do my thing, the crowd go bananas. I was thinking more world in motion, but yeah. Well, yeah, it's all the same. Talented man, talented man. Um, right, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Podcasts. Podcasts. Um, so let's just let's let's wrap it up. Let's just do one podcast each. Mine is Truth and Movies, a Little White Lies podcast. They've got three episodes. It's James Richardson from the Football. He's on the Football Weekly, uh, the Guardian's Football Weekly podcast twice a week. He's branched out into movies. He's got a YouTube channel, I think, where he does movie reviews as well. But he's he's now doing a podcast, Truth and Movies. Uh, episode one was Guardians of Galaxy Volume 2. Then there was Mindhorn. And then the third episode was Alien Covenant. Actually, quite a quite a good podcast. I could listen to James Richardson talk about um, cheesecakes. Do you know what I mean? I love them. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I've been getting back into because I haven't listened to it for a while. Um, oh, what is it? Just Doug Loves Movies, which is another movie-based podcast, but it's it's more of a game. It's like more like a panel game than a. They don't really review films. They talk about films. But it's more panel game. So, What's it called? Um, Doug loves movies. Okay, let me just say to that now. Long, long-running podcast. Been going for years and years and years. But um, yeah, they have a lot of American, mainly American comedians. Occasionally, they'll get um, actors and, and actresses and directors on as well to play. Um, they've had James Gunn on from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Michael Rocker as as well been on that. They've had Simon Pegg. Um, Nick Frost um, who's the director of those films Jesus Christ my memory's shot tonight um, Edgar Wright that's the guy um, but they've had all, all kind of manner of, uh, of people on that show over the years and um, some shows are better than others because sometimes the guests uh, really gel and sometimes they're quite funny sometimes they get really drunk and obnoxious and the episodes don't go to plan that's just part of the fun of it really um, you never kind of know what you're going to get. Um, 
but yeah, that that's quite a fun one. If you want something quite light to listen to in the background, I recommend uh, Dark Horse Movies. Mark Wahlberg has just dropped five hours ago. Uh, that spoiler alert: it's not actually Mark Wahlberg. It's oh. somebody who does a very good impression of Mark Wahlberg. And oh. the thing is, what it what they because obviously they film. Oh, so the other thing with Douglas movies is they film it in front of an audience, so there's a live crowd. So obviously everybody there is fully aware the guy on stage is not Mark Wahlberg because he doesn't look like him. However, he does do a very good impression of him. Um, so it's, it's very funny. A Mark Wahlberg episode is always uh, a highlight in my eyes because it, it's always an entertaining episode because the guy that does him is, is, is so good um, but uh, yeah so yeah if, it, if it's in quotation marks you ever see it um, it seems to be an American thing actually because I've seen this with um, another American comedy podcast called Comedy Bang Bang and they always have their guests in the show titles but if there's exclamation marks it's somebody doing an impression of that Celebrity. Ah, uh, right. Okay. So right. it's Mark Wahlberg in exclamation marks and Chad Daniels. Yeah. And somebody called Apple. Oh, David Apple's Appleton. I don't know who that is. So sometimes you'll recognize some of the comedians or actors because you might see them in other things. Um, other times I listened to one today and I, I knew one of the guests because I listened to him on the podcast before, but the other guys were completely new. So, uh, so it's, it's pretty hit and miss, but it's quite fun playing the games along um, to yourself. So, um, yeah, that's, that's quite a good listen. And no names, no names, but the uh, the Sex Pest is uh, on um, Metal Hands of God. Yeah, yes, I've, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, so there's that podcast as well. So you can Classic. go listen to, uh, to him. Yep, yeah, Adam Goes Sultanas. <laughs> and off from off Herbie Goes Bananas, of course. So yeah, he loves it when we get his name wrong. That's not his name, as well. So that's that's probably why it doesn't bother him that much. But uh, yes, so uh, cool. Okay, well we'll wrap this up. Thank you for if you've made it this far. Thank you. Um, we will record a, a Universal After Dark at some point this week after yeah. uh, our our Boston has come back from her travels. She's a bit poorly, God bless her. She is. We gave her the night off and we, we delayed a recording for her. We recorded one of those this week. And then, um, what's Got this After Dark coming out this week and it's... Um, uh, yeah, a special, a special one of those, yeah. Yeah, the memoirs of Paul Dolan. Yeah. So you've got our Paul Dolanses if you stick with that. <laughs> Thank you. Very you true. invented that. I yeah. did, I did. It's it's not made a T-shirt yet. In fact, speaking of T-shirts, Patreon listeners, I, I promise I will get those sorted out. I just need to make sure that they actually look... I don't want to send out a T-shirt that looks ropey. So I'm having some test ones done first. If I'm happy with the quality, they will be going out. But um, yeah, that's what that's why they've been delayed. So apologies for that. Um, we don't want to see your nipples sue them. We don't. We don't at all. Um, and yeah, if, if anyone hasn't got their stuff yet, send us an email. If we haven't sent out goodies to you yet, we should have done. But if not, let us know and we will rectify that ASAP. Um, just life and, and work has got in the way. So apologies for being a bit slack. We're going to have to call us our first uh, bonus dad episode, aren't we? For yeah. our, our Patreon. So saying that, she hasn't given us an episode uh, someone yeah. someone did give us an episode. Did they? 
Yeah, it was a neat. It was emails day editing. Oh, well, we need to look at it. Okay. Yeah. Right, well then we'll get we'll get recording that sooner rather than later. But uh, I think they wanted you to shit on me chest and just record it as a podcast. We'll have to do that next time we meet up, Craig. Not that I, I have any idea when we might next be I've got uh, face to face. No, no idea when I'm next. No to idea. See you. Oh, that's that's terrible. We really should try and sort something out somewhere uh, about, as Captain Picard would say, making it so. Um, little Star Trek reference there, people. Right, I'm I'm, I'm going to shave my head, and you can grow a beard. Excellent. So we can be, uh, well, you can be Lee Malaby, uh, and you can be Tracy Malaby. Oh, Tracy, I'm only messing up. I am. I am not getting involved in that one, Tracy. <laughs> I did not say no. that. Oh God. I love no. her. We both I love, love you her. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Lee that we've got an issue with. Are I'm you joking, be- Lee? Lee, we love you. Lee, you know the dance. I've, I, I, hope, send I, hope, I hope he does. I hope he knows that I'm... I'm taking I send him pictures him. of me helmet daily. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. Yeah. Right, thank you very much, Dillis. Now we'll see you with another Pop After Dark in a month or so. And who knows? Maybe next time it'll be structured, but probably not. If I get around to watching some James Bond, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's a good plan. I'm going to give um, Avatar uh, 84 out of 100. Oh, you gave it 79, no? Oh, did I? Fucking hell. 79 out of 100. Yep. Okay, on that note, boom, Benny Hill. hope you've enjoyed this podcast if you would like to support Diz after dark and the other after dark network podcasts please visit our website at www.patreon.com forward slash this after dark that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash this after dark thank you <laughs>